Oi. 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 You're listening to Until the Kettle Boils, a podcast at sea. The kettle's on. Yeah, we're uh, all sat around the saloon table. We got some goodies this morning. Nobody's some... cooking. Everybody, sit down. Got some tasty pizza bread. Uh, this is your director and host, Josh. We're joined by Yoav, Drew, Adam, Heather, Ben, and Corbin. And everyone is just attacking the bread. Yeah. No mercy. It's busy. You Alright, we pass that sauce here. Oh, so amazing bread, Josh. Really good job. Thanks, guys. Yeah, this looks delicious. Mm. Wow, Josh. San Vai tomatoes are amazing. Oh my gosh, dude. That's really good. (laughs) I've outdone myself. I don't know if we're going to be so doing this. So, Josh is a given now. The, yeah, the title. Thank you, other. Master Baker. Master Baker. That was my nickname in prison. Master mm-hmm. Baker. And as you, as you know, it's all in the wrist. It's wrist work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all in the. It's Still there. sore from last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of knitting. <laughs> yeah, so with the newfound flour, the challenge really has become to make. To use up all, all the flour before we get back, and boy, are we! Uh, we're up for the challenge. Yeah, we're up for the challenge right now. It's okay. There is maybe to this evening. It's uh, Drew's time to come up with another bread invention. Maybe new bread adventure. I think this is the only one we need. I can definitely bake this evening. No problem. I'm excited. So, <coughs> um, to bring it back to reality, yeah, reality. Uh, we're 250 miles from San Francisco Bay. We sailed through the night. It was by far the coldest night on record. Mm. I, I estimate in the 50s for sure. But we don't really have a thermometer on board. It's not really a, It's not really the the Hawaii way to you know tell temperature and weather and stuff. So <laughs> we're just uh, we're not really used to that. And um, yeah, it's really cold. I wore two jackets this morning on my watch from three to six. A beanie, a buff, my face, two pants, and yeah. No shoes, no gloves, but I wish I had. And um, Maybe shoes would have made quite a difference. I noticed this morning that the ocean is a different color. It's no longer blue. It's officially dark greenish. And on deck, as the sun was rising, I spotted our first terrestrial base marine mammal. And that is a fur seal. Amazing, cute little animal, very curious. Putting on a show for us. Yeah. Really just wanted to hang out. We tried to feed it tuna, but it didn't accept our offering. But he did come all the way to the boat. I mean we spoke to what, like twenty meters away. <laughs> Came over to, to the boat, rolled around, waved. Maybe calling for help. We interpreted it as how cute the <laughs> Came into the boat, we covered it in tuna and then it 
swam off. <laughs> now, now the sharks be, uh, is, will have an easier time to spot it. That's what he was doing. He was wiping Just it off. Just wiping it off. Please, I should not like pray. See, <laughs> but I, w- I would never expect to see a little seal this far from land. That's what really blows my mind. So, if anyone has any insight to the, the behaviors of a little fur seal from Northern California, is he coming to see them this far out to sea? What do they do out here? <coughs> there has to be food closer to land. No, by themselves. Yeah. Corbin brought up a good point too: is how does it sleep? Don't like. I mean, monk seals can sleep underwater, but they also position themselves like seals. inside of like a cave. Seals just like float on the surface with their nose with them. I've seen it; they're cute. That's a scary thought. Maybe like, how do they not know if there's sharks underneath them? Mm. They probably have like a sense. It's so spooky. Maybe the, entire also con- <coughs> the entire concept of sleeping on your back with fathoms below you where anything can come at you and you can't see it is terrifying. Oh, I'll just go to sleep. I might die in my sleep. I guess it's just that. Uh, I mean, it's the same That's for the best any way animal. to die, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same in for every animal sleeping on a tree, on the ground, in a hole. I mean, oh God, we invented no. bed- beds. <laughs> bed was a huge invention. <laughs> a bed? Yeah. Yeah. Is that all the bread we have? Is oh, it gone? No, there's no, any more bread. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bread heaven. Um, you said you didn't have bread. Yeah, we no. are. You, turned, you did that. I said it's stressful to me. You said you so pushed it on. away. That's a video. I was, I was clearing my words. Um, bringing it back to uh, <laughs> the topic of plastic, because that's what we're out here for. It's almost sad to say, because I wanted to be able to go this entire, like, the 80 days and see plastic every single day, but yesterday, I did not see a single piece of plastic. Well, yeah. Do um, we want to shed some... Uh, like I don't know, did, did anyone see plastic? I yeah. saw a bunch of logs. Just lots of logs. Saw some logs. Yeah, the past, the past few days, we've been seeing a lot more log debris, which is wild, because we haven't seen any natural debris in this whole expedition. And um, Josh. also, on the plastic yeah, thing... We did two net toes yesterday, and the sea state, it was very rough seas. It was the upper limit of what our net could handle. We're talking 15 to 18 winds, and uh, yeah, just really rough out there. But we decided to put the net in anyway, and it's known that the rougher it is, the less plastic floats to the surface, right? This was the roughest day. This was the the roughest day. Besides the day we lost one of our nets, this was the second roughest day. And, um, yeah, the nets came back with almost no plastic in it at all. There's only one definitive piece of plastic I can confirm. I'm confident to say that came from the sample itself. And there were five other pieces that possibly were more likely contaminants from our own equipment like paint chips, little pieces of epoxy glue, things that could have fallen off the boat or gotten into the net when we launched or retrieved the net. So yeah, we're really not seeing any plastic. And then, uh, Adam, did you do a visual debris watch yesterday? Yeah, there was nothing. Nothing, absolutely nothing. I also did a debris watch and I didn't find anything. I too did a debris watch and saw nothing. I just generally didn't see anything. So it was a, an hour and a half of seeing nothing between the three of us. Yeah. And there's lot, there's, the amount of logs is ridiculous. 
like we went from no logs in the patch from, or from leaving Hawaii and then the last from 300 miles from land we've just seen log after log after log. Oh, only a so is it to do with the wind? No, like no. literally everyone has seen like two, three, four. I think these guys saw like 12. Yeah. Or Ty said he saw. Oh, I watched we saw three. I wonder if it's anything to do with windage and like weight and like they just getting taken in different currents. Well, it's just because there's logging going on. I mean, that's what it is. But why aren't they ending up in the patch now? The organic well, decomposes by the time the it gets in. when they get soaked, they might drown. Did you say decompose, Corbin? You think they're organic. But they were the logs, so, those, those logs were so old. They were so old. Like the, the one I showed Ben was just covered in like so many mature barnacles. So they've obviously been out in the water a long, long time. They probably also they, reach a point where the water log yeah. sinks them. I think they do sink at some point. Oh, that's. Uh, but if, if the barnacles have been on them so long. Yeah, but then they so wait, 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 and then. So that. But so by that they do. Maybe this. I mean. By that conclusion, you so you're long. saying the plastic that gets. So the plastic that we all the plastic we've got in the patch mm -hmm. is just really, really old. Or really, really young, and it's just been blown there. Barnacles don't take time to grow, though. The bottom of our boat was caked in them within a month. Yeah, a few months. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think it indicates anything about the age of the plastic we're seeing. Okay. What we're seeing now. But well, that, logs, that look, this mystery solved. Could have been, you know, <laughs> washed, washed away. We have definitive answers. I think that they definitely are drawn to the more organic material, though. Like mm. when Josh and I saw. Our first log, we saw one log before this entire log epidemic that happened yesterday, but it was completely covered. It was like almost unidentifiable because mm -hmm. there were so many barnacles on that log. So I, yeah, I think they're just more drawn to that organic lifestyle. I don't know enough to make any claims, but that's what's so interesting is one of the protocols that we're following from Oregon State University they provided us with five wooden bio panels to attach to debris items when we deploy trackers and that is that's a study that's looking at how like what life prefers organic material such as wood versus plastic and if it's the same type of organism still on both mediums would it be worth it to put a tracker on one of these pieces of log on like a log these ones mm -hmm. i've thought about it I think we would. The biggest challenge would be attaching it in a way that it's not going to come off. Look how squid. Yeah, just like put a bolt in the humble log. <laughs> we have a piece of a some sort of a I don't know hook or whatever, and we can drill and hook it through. Or I think that'd be squid. interesting. The logs, the logs aren't freshly cut though. They're all really warm. Like, yeah, but you know, like driftwood. Maybe they've been born yeah, on land, you know, fell, were spent there two years in the rivers, and you know, you don't know what what this log has been through before it ended up in the ocean. I don't think it's someone true. just no, threw it in the ocean. It made it, it made its way there. So we spent some time on land, maybe a river, probably a river, into the ocean. Then who knows how long it was stuck on some rocks, on some uh, near some beach. Also, maybe it came over from Canada. It's been drifting along the coast for a while. We just haven't seen any. I guess we haven't seen a piece any. And try to seen any freshly cut. It is. Again, it's hard to say. You know, if you look at it, and you say one month, three months, six years. Because that really the size of the yeah the the pe those pieces all the pieces I've seen and that one I inspected was every end was smoothed off. 
which to me would indicate that obviously it could have been in the waterway, could have been on a beach, but it was—it's been—it's obviously been somewhere for a long time for that process to happen. Yeah, but that could have been in the woods or in the water, and we have no way to know. It's pretty cool to think about. Um, let's you take a upset. No? Are you upset? No. I'm talking it. I'm trying to. I'll tell you, I was pretty upset when I saw my first log because I really wanted to see some <laughs> big net to put a tracker on. And it was just a log. And we turned the boat around to put this tracker on, got everything ready, launched the dinghy. And it was long. It's pretty funny that, like, we're mad that it was organic and not. A piece of plastic or a giant net. Kind of twisted. Kind of yeah. lost, lost in the mission. Our, our brains are a little upside down right now. I'm really okay with that, honestly. And I think, I mean, it's valuable information to realize that, yes, we don't see any plastic anymore. We don't have to be sad because our mission is plastic or annoyed because we don't get all the objectives we might have thought we should achieve. It's gathering information. Part of what we do is gathering information. This is another piece of information. Now we know more. Now we can progress a little bit and yeah, I'm happy with whatever we see. And yeah, it's nice to have clean sea actually. For once. Yeah. Literally since the first day leaving Hawaii. Definitely the cleanest water we've seen. It's nice, it's reassuring that that clean water is well, whatever is visible the, anyway. Close to the continental United States but who knows where the, the hidden where the plastic is hiding could be in the fibers could be chemicals uh, could be a lot of things studies have shown from pellet plastic pellet pre-production pellet analysis that the most toxic pellets come from San Francisco Bay from the beaches around San Francisco Bay it's a good topic to continue next time yes it is more from Charles Moore's book yeah, so uh, tonight's episode we'll be talking about plastic pellets in California. That's the kettle going, so, you know, that's going to be the conclusion of our podcast. Till the PM edition, and when we eat another tasty loaf of bread. You're listening to... Oh, damn. <laughs>